You are listening to Section 6, Fables 101 through 120 of 300 Aesop's Fables, translated by George Filer Townsend. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Mike Armenta 101. The Eagle and the Arrow An eagle sat on a lofty rock watching the movements of a hare whom he sought to make his prey. An archer, who saw the eagle from a place of concealment, took an accurate aim and wounded him mortally. The eagle gave one look at the arrow that had entered his heart and saw in that single glance that its feathers had been furnished by himself. It is a double grief to me, he exclaimed, that I should perish by an arrow feathered from my own wings. 102. The Sick Kite A kite, sick unto death, said to his mother, O oh, mother, do not mourn, but at once invoke the gods that my life may be prolonged. She replied, Which of the gods do you think will pity you? Is there one whom you have not outraged by filching from their very altars a part of the sacrifice offered up to them? We must make friends in prosperity if we would have their help in adversity. 103. The Lion and the Dolphin A lion, roaming by the seashore, saw a dolphin lift up its head out of the waves, and suggested that they contract an alliance, saying that of all the animals they ought to be best friends, since the one was the king of beasts on the earth, and the other was the sovereign ruler of all the inhabitants of the ocean. The dolphin gladly consented to this request. Not long afterwards, the lion had a combat with a wild bull, and called on the dolphin to help him. The dolphin, though quite willing to give him assistance, was unable to do so, as he could not by any means reach the land. The lion abused him as a traitor. The dolphin replied, Nay, my friend, blame not me, but nature, which, while giving me the sovereignty of the sea, has quite denied me the power of living upon the land. 104. The Lion and the Boar on a summer day, when the great heat induced a general thirst among the beasts, a lion and a boar came at the same moment to a small well to drink. They fiercely disputed which of them should drink first, and were soon engaged in the agonies of a mortal combat. When they stopped suddenly to catch their breath for a fiercer renewal of the fight, they saw some vultures waiting in the distance to feast on one of them that should fall first. They at once made up their quarrel, saying, It is better for us to make friends than to become the food of crows or vultures. 105. The One-Eyed Doe A doe, blind in one eye, 
was accustomed to graze as near to the edge of the cliff as she possibly could, in the hope of securing her greater safety. She turned her sound eye towards the land, that she might get the earliest tidings of the approach of hunter or hound, and her injured eye towards the sea, from whence she entertained no anticipation of danger. Some boatmen sailing by saw her, and, taking a successful aim, mortally wounded her. Yielding up her last breath, she gasped forth this lament. O oh, wretched creature that I am, to take such precaution against the land, and after all to find this seashore to which I had come for safety, so much more perilous. 106. The Shepherd and the Sea A shepherd, keeping watch over his sheep near the shore, saw the sea very calm and smooth, and longed to make a voyage with a view to commerce. He sold all his flock, invested it in a cargo of dates, and set sail. But a very great tempest came on, and the ship, being in danger of sinking, he threw all his merchandise overboard, and barely escaped with his life in the empty ship. Not long afterwards, when someone passed by and observed the unruffled calm of the sea, he interrupted him and said, It is again in want of gates, and therefore looks quiet. 107. The Ass, the Cock, and the Lion An ass and a cock were in a straw-yard together when a lion, desperate from hunger, approached the spot. He was about to spring upon the ass, when the cock, to the sound of whose voice the lion, it is said, has a singular aversion, crowed loudly, and the lion fled away as fast as he could. The ass, observing his trepidation at the mere crowing of a cock, summoned courage to attack him and galloped after him for that purpose. He had run no long distance, the lion, turning about, seized him and tore him to pieces. False confidence often leads into danger. 108. The Mice and the Weasels The weasels and the mice waged a perpetual war with each other, in which much blood was shed. The weasels were always the victors. The mice thought that the cause of their frequent defeats was that they had no leaders, set apart from the general army, to command them, and that they were exposed to dangers from lack of discipline. They, therefore, chose as leaders mice that were most renowned for their family descent, strength, and counsel, as well as those most noted for their courage in the fight so that they might be better marshaled in battle array, and formed into troops, regiments, and battalions. When all this was done, and the army disciplined, and the herald mouse had duly proclaimed war by challenging the weasels, the newly chosen generals bound their heads with straws, that they might be more conspicuous to all their troops. 
Scarcely had the battle begun when a great rout overwhelmed the mice, who scampered off as fast as they could to their holes. The generals, not being able to get in on account of the ornaments on their heads, were all captured and eaten by the weasels. The more honor, the more danger. 109. The Mice in Council The mice summoned a council to decide how they might best devise means of warning themselves of the approach of their great enemy, the cat. Among the many plans suggested, the one that found most favor was the proposal to tie a bell to the neck of the cat, so that the mice, being warned by the sound of the tinkling, might run away and hide themselves in their holes at his approach. But when the mice further debated who among them should thus bell the cat, there was no one found to do it. 110. The Wolf and the House Dog A wolf, meeting a big, well-fed mastiff with a wooden collar about his neck, asked him who it was that fed him so well, and yet compelled him to drag that heavy log about wherever he went. The master, he replied. Then said the wolf, May no friend of mine ever be in such a plight, for the weight of this chain is enough to spoil the appetite. 111. The Rivers and the Sea the rivers joined together to complain to the sea, saying, Why is it that when we flow into your tides so potable and sweet, you work in us such a change and make us salty and unfit to drink? The sea, perceiving that they intended to throw the blame on him, said, Pray, cease to flow into me, and then you will not be made briny. 112. The Playful Ass An ass climbed up to the roof of a building, and, frisking about there, broke in the tiling. The owner went up after him and quickly drove him down, beating him severely with a thick wooden cudgel. The ass said, Why, I saw the monkey do this very thing yesterday, and you all laughed heartily, as if it afforded you very great amusement. 113. The Three Tradesmen A great city was besieged, and its inhabitants were called together to consider the best means of protecting it from the enemy. A bricklayer earnestly recommended bricks as affording the best material for an effective resistance. A carpenter, with equal enthusiasm, proposed timber as a preferable method of defense upon which a courier stood up and said, Sirs, I differ from you altogether. There is no material for resistance equal to a covering of hides, and nothing so good as leather. Every man for himself. 114. The Master and His Dogs A certain man, detained by a storm in his country house, first of all killed his sheep, and then his goats for the maintenance of his household. 
the storm still continuing, he was obliged to slaughter his yoke oxen for food. On seeing this, his dogs took counsel together and said, It is time for us to be off, for if the master spare not his oxen who works for his gain, how can we expect him to spare us? He is not to be trusted as a friend who mistreats his own family. 115. The Wolf and the Shepherds A wolf, passing by, saw some shepherds in a hut eating a haunch of mutton for their dinner. Approaching them, he said, What a clamor you would raise if I were to do as you are doing. 116. The Dolphins, the Whales, and the Sprat Dolphins and Whales waged a fierce war with each other. When the battle was at its height, a sprat lifted its head out of the waves and said that he would reconcile their differences if they would accept him as an umpire. One of the dolphins replied, We would far rather be destroyed in our battle with each other than admit any interference from you in our affairs. 117. The Ass Carrying the Image An ass once carried through the streets of a city a famous wooden image to be placed in one of its temples. As he passed along, the crowd made lowly prostration before the image. The ass, thinking that they bowed their heads in token of respect for himself, bristled up with pride, gave himself airs, and refused to move another step. The driver, seeing him thus stop, laid his whip lustily about his shoulders and said, Oh, you perverse dull head, it is not yet come to this that men pay worship to an ass. They are not wise who give to themselves the credit due to others. 118. The Two Travelers and the Axe Two men were journeying together. One of them picked up an axe that lay upon the path and said, I have found an axe. Nay, my friend, replied the other, do not say I, but we have found an axe. They had not gone far before they saw the owner of the axe pursuing them, and he who had picked up the axe said, We are undone. Nay, replied the other, keep to your first mode of speech, my friend. What you thought right then, think right now. Say, I, not we, are undone. He who shares the danger ought to share the prize. 119. The Old Lion A lion, worn out with years and powerless from disease, lay on the ground at the point of death. A boar rushed upon him and avenged with a stroke of his tusks a long-remembered injury. Shortly afterwards, the bull with his horns gored him as if he were an enemy, and the ass saw that the huge beast could be assailed with impunity. He let drive at his forehead with his heels. The expiring lion said, I have reluctantly brooked the insults of the brave but to be compelled to endure such treatment from thee, a disgraced nature, is indeed to die 
a double death. 120. The Old Hound A hound, who in the days of his youth and strength had never yielded to any beast of the forest, encountered in his old age a boar in the chase. He seized him boldly by the ear, but could not retain his hold because of the decay of his teeth, so that the boar escaped. His master, quickly coming up, was very much disappointed and fiercely abused the dog. The hound looked up and said, It was not my fault, master. My spirit was as good as ever, but I could not help my infirmities. I rather deserve to be praised for what I have been than to be blamed for what I am. End of section 6